Welcome to this episode of the Down the Pub podcast. Um, it's another emergency podcast because uh, the Wanderers have dropped their end of year roster. Um, I'm joined again by the good by my good friend uh, Gary Griffiths. Uh, how's it going, Gar? Very good. I'm better than you are, aren't I? You with your your sniffles. You're a brave yeah. little soldier, though, and I know it's the the dedication I have to this podcast, man, is like ridiculous. Like I just don't think people appreciate the time, energy, and uh, dedication that goes into. Uh, into I think I, th- I think your croakiness adds a certain gravitas to what you say, though. That with like your Irish lilt combined with the the croakiness, I think I think you're going to make some sensational points about the football tonight oh fuck no pressure all right so so yeah so the wonder is uh yesterday they dropped the uh the the drop list i guess <laughs> they dropped the drop yeah. list because uh the, the, some people have been uh like the end of contract stuff and then they've today announced um a couple of contract extensions but before we got into that i just wanted to there's a couple of like little stories that we kind of i think we should be a good idea for us to touch on uh, i just want to congratulate marco carducci on taking over from Marcel de Jong as president of uh, the Canadian uh, PFA and congrats to, to Marco. Marco's a, it's been really at the forefront of uh, trying to bring the union to uh, professional football here in, in Canada. So congrats to him and hopefully he does a good job and everything gets recognized and the players get what they deserve. Is, is um, he a friend of the pod? Marco, Marco, um, have you had him on? No, I haven't had him on. I, okay. I, I, I chatted him a couple of times just through like DMs and stuff like that. But um, you know, I, I, I feel like um, he's 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 one of these guys that's like he's he's kind of everywhere, you know, because he's like he's he is involved in an awful lot of stuff, and obviously he had the illness that he kind of recovered from. So you know, mm. like I, I, I feel like sometimes like most of these guys like are like one soccer like has their own podcast and they have their own YouTube shows now. So it's very difficult to get anything that's kind of like breaking news or anything like that because it's they're on it. They get first preference to everybody. So it's kind of, it's getting harder and harder to get interviews with people. So and I don't know whether one soccer would want to touch the Canadian PFA side of things, but um, however, congrats to Marco. And, anyway. And as well, like on that, I mean, now like the podcast over the past six or seven months has become more you looking at games and stuff and like analyzing players. Do you feel a bit apprehensive now to do as many interviews? Cause you feel like you can't like not slag players off, but you can't kind of criticize them so much if you've built a rapport. Um, Cause no. I definitely felt like that in 2019. Like I was kind of, I chatted to quite a lot of the players and then after that, I felt a bit uncomfortable with ever saying anything I, bad. So now I, I try not to anymore. I, I think, I think they, hopefully the players realize that's part of the deal that you know like i mean as being a professional footballer same with any job really like i mean like there is going to be criticism of your performances like if you're not performing 
to where you need to be. Um, and, and like nothing's personal. Like there's no per- there's no player. I'm like, he's a complete another fucking arsehole. And like, I'm just going to slag him off for the sake. But I'm not Piers Morgan. So, you know, it's just, uh, I, I think that like coming into the new year when we get some new sign-ins and obviously the new manager um, will probably uh, probably gear towards doing some interviews just to kind of fill the gap before the, the season starts. So, um, yeah, I definitely think it will. I, going back to the amount of interviews I did before, I don't think I will uh, be able to just with time constraints. And I'm actually enjoying um like just analyzing the games a little bit being a little bit yeah. more in depth um so yeah so there will be interviews hopefully if people agree to come on the show obviously um but yeah i don't think there's going to be as many as well as before because there's only so much as so like when if we never just blockbuster news in 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 the cpl it's kind of taken up by one soccer and, and mm. their podcast and their show so it's kind of difficult too and then the canadian premier league has their own podcast too right so it's uh Great. yeah yeah uh, anyway so um I, I also just wanted to uh touch briefly on uh the announcements uh, was it last week or this week that um there's going to be a professional women's team in a uh, women's league here in canada finally and diane matheson seems to be like at the forefront of uh moving that forward so 2025 uh i think if you follow project eight on twitter kind of that's where most of the the big news is going to come from and the two founding members are going to be the white caps and the foothills which i think is really awesome that's not going to be a a, a cavalry thing it's a foothills thing so mm. uh, what's your thoughts on on that finally coming to pass here in canada Yes, fantastic news. I don't really know the ins and outs of like kind of the way the deal is structured and the financing and stuff. But just from a like a completely selfish point of view, I just hope Halifax has a team involved because it's long been my dream for throughout the season, those other Saturdays where Wanderers aren't <laughs> playing a home game to have a game to yeah. go to. So it'd be nice to have like a season ticket for both and to go to as many games as possible. And like, like even like kind of extending all the coverage around it as well. Like we do the podcast, I occasionally do the blog, like having something else to write and talk about as well would be fun. So yeah, fingers crossed at some, I, I mean, I don't know if it'll be 2025 for Halifax, but fingers crossed at some point that a team based out of here is, is in it. Yeah. I, I saw somebody had put online there that like Halifax would be a great distant destination because of the support, but they don't know whether the money would be here. It's kind of weird. I think, if we get the, it would be a good, um, a good thing for pushing the stadium forward. If we had a women's team here too, that you know, like as I said, like it's going to be used every weekend rather than just every second weekend. And I think it's it's about time. And I, I would, I'd also would love to see a team here in Halifax. So I wonder if they do double headers as well. Like that could be something they yeah. do. I I watched as many of the like the local U sports games as I could this season, and they tended to do double headers, and it was it was really good actually. Like watching it back to back um if they did that the one thing i would like though is if they switched it every now and then so so norm so normally with you sports it'd be the women played first and then the men played second which is which is okay but you tended to get like more people arriving for the second game because just on a psychological level you see that as the most important Point, match yeah. when like when it's like top of the bill so if they had a women's team here it'd be nice if they alternated between which was in quotation top I, of the bill and I, I think what is having a grass pitch they probably would like have it on alternate weekends to be honest with you because mm. they probably don't want to put the the pitch through the stress of two games like back to back like that i know they've done it before but i i i think that it would also makes like i just think that the team should be 
there on its own right instead of like latching onto the men. I think it needs to have its own. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, whether that's a Wanderers project or if it's uh, something else, somebody else comes along with it, I definitely think there's definitely the appetite here in Halifax, but it's it all comes down to money at the end of the day. So yeah, so congrats to everybody involved. Um, that's kind of like the, the other big piece of news or gossip, I guess, would be... Uh, that uh, Wilfred Nan- Nancy, I'm probably saying it wrong because it's. it's uh, I'm I'm really bad with pronunciations. Will, so. uh, Wilfred Nancy has moved to uh, the crew from uh, Montreal. I, I think he had a big falling out last season with the ownership of Montreal. So this was always on the cards that he was going to leave, um, but he's had he's had a really good season in in Montreal. And he's kind of built up his uh, his CV with the maintenance of playoffs and. And there's a lot of records that they broke this year. So uh, the news that um, Bobby Smigniotis is the front runner for taking over that job. Do you think that's, uh, A, do you think that's just like the rumor mill? Because he was rumored to be taken over after whoever the last manager was left. Um, and then would you think that he'd want to give up the project he's created in, in Forge to, to move over? What do you think yourself? I mean, firstly, we should probably timestamp this as the start of Forge Corner, which yeah. we've long, long promised we'll do for a handful of Forge <laughs> listeners. Um, yeah, so I, I don't, I don't really know how the reporting works around MLS, so I don't know if like the veracity of the reports are accurate or whether it's just a case of he makes sense as a as a candidate, therefore we're going to attach his name to it. So I don't know where it started, but I mean, I I think. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense from a from a Montreal perspective. I think the big the big um, negative would be, and I don't know if this is true, but from what I've read, he's not a fluent French speaker. So I think if you're entering that market as the coach with a pretty, from what I can tell, a pretty volatile fan base at times, like you need to be able to get your message across yeah. to everyone. And if you can't speak French, I don't know how you do that unless he he can. And we just the stuff we've read isn't true um in terms of leaving the forge project i think he's he's taken that project as far as he could be expected to take it i think like the only the only achievements missing would be to go further in in um concacaf competition which us which would be a huge achievement but i don't i don't see that ch- the chance of that happening being a big enough draw for him to actually stay yeah. if a better offer comes along and like no one should no one should begrudge him or hope he doesn't get a better offer like we've, we've said this all along like this is a development league for players and for coaches as well though like the hope would be that success in this league can translate to success in a higher league so I personally would love him to get that job selfishly because I think Forge would be poorer for it <laughs> um despite I mean despite the fact that they do have a couple of players like Carl Becker aging out, but they do still have a really, really strong core of kind of mid twenties, twenty four to twenty seven players like Yusuzokos, your Anchino, I can't say his name, the Johnson fella in the yeah. middle, the Swedish, the Swedish lad. lad, right? Yeah. Um, what's, what's the striker's name? Wobens. Yeah, so he's yeah. twenty one. He's he's excellent. He's gonna yeah. he's gonna smash like 15, 20 goals in next season, I think. So they've, they've still got a lot of really good players there. So they won't the drop Rubens off. That that's it, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. There we go. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I only say in Adam Jenkins' voice because yeah. that's all the only time I hear it. So like they, they they will still have a really good side next season, and it won't be a massive drop off. But I do think Bobby as a coach, um, he's he's just he's a he's an excellent coach. The way he gets them playing, um, the style, like their identity is very very clear to see. And whoever you bring in, even if it's someone like David Edker, as someone suggested who knows the system, I still think there is 
a gap between someone like that and and Bobby. So yeah, I, I hope he get I hope he gets the job though just for him mainly. Yeah, I, I think um you know when you say that there's there's that gap, I think it's like you know you, you can put the system out, but it's when things aren't going right that you need to have that quickness of thought to change things around. And I think Bobby's mm-hmm. like really good at like reading a situation and um I think I think he was a really good loser as well in the sense of he handled himself when Forge weren't doing too well, really well in a way yep. that didn't cause any panic or look like he was complaining. And yeah, so he, he, he was good at that communicative side of the job too. Yeah. I, I, so I think it'd be a really good fit for, for Montreal and what they're trying to do. Um, I, the French thing is huge, to be honest. I think that's, that'll be like something that would be kind of marked against them. Um, I think as well, like, like he's not, you know, he's not a huge name. And I think sometimes with the MLA, like when Henri went to, to, to Montreal, it was like, it was blockbuster, right? Like Bobby isn't a blockbuster signing, but it kind of makes sense. I think that, you know, like he, um, he has such a great record in the CONCACAF, uh, which, and obviously in playoff football too, he's got a really great record. So um, for the league itself, like just the way that Patrice has taken over out of the Wanderers, like there should be that, progression and i think that would be a really good sign for our league for uh, somebody to take over in, in the mls so yeah um so that's the end of forge, uh, corner. forge corner yeah yeah uh, sponsored by who would that be sponsored by orange crush um yeah orange crush yeah. or yep. them what them little orange wedges them little orange segments you could get i don't know if it's a thing here but back home it was like chocolate terry's chocolate, chocolate orange. orange yeah yep. terry's chocolate, chocolate orange. Orange. Bobby, yep. bobby's bobby young's chocolate orange so if uh, if Orange Crusher or Terry's want to get involved with the show, just reach out to our marketing manager Gary Griffiths. So uh... if, if, For- if Forge want to sponsor us, we can make yeah. it a whole fortune. <laughs> I, I, they, I can be bought. They have their own, unfortunately. So they don't oh, need true. us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think you've been on it, haven't you? They had you on. Oh, that was their like um like their in-house pre-match yeah. preview thing. It's like a YouTube video. That's they make. That's probably the future. We need to we need to get a YouTube going, but. I feel like yeah. if anybody wants to uh, take on that project of uh, recording and editing me and Gary's videos, uh, you're more than welcome to uh, reach out. So uh, let's get into the the main crux of uh, why we're, we're we're here. So the Wanderers announced yesterday that they've uh, every club kind of does is like kind of announces who's left and and who's kind of stayed on. So it was quite a a list, and it obviously is contained uh, to original wanderers i guess which i i guess was uh seems to be online a lot of people were like not upset but i think they kind of you know uh recognize the contribution that the theorem have made so um uh we we saw that christian oxner and peter shala um won't be returning next year so what are your thoughts on that um i think i think both and is they're both understandable decisions but before that it's important to like kind of separate the sentimentality from the sporting decision with stuff like this um i completely had that impulse too of a bit of sadness for both of them because um they've both represented the club incredibly well and are very popular with the fan base but i think it's very it's very like rampasad is the anomaly here a player lasting this long in yep. a club that hasn't been winning much and he's the anomaly because his performance levels have got better season on season whereas with oxner and Charlotte, like their performance levels have largely 
remain the same. Like you can't say either of them have have jumped up a few levels. Yeah. But and, and like with someone like Charlotte, especially like his level was very very high in the first season. So he's kind of he's kind of maintained that level, but the league has grown and improved around him. I think. But that's not to say he can't still do a job in CPL. I think he's he. I think he's a good centre back, and I think he'll. I think every other team in the league, bar Forge, would probably take a punt on him if they needed to. I don't know whether that would come from like, like a direct signing or he trialed or whatever. But I think every club in the league, bar Forge, could probably find a space for him and like the the qualities he brings. Um, but probably from a Halifax perspective, it was just. I think they were kind of trying to weed out the weed out. That sounds wrong. I just kind of like, kind of leave the, the past regime in the past. Yeah. You know, you know what I, I mean? I think he was a, he was collateral for that. I, I think as, I, I think as well, you know, like uh, Peter, um, he's not the fastest guy, but he's like rock solid. So I think, um, you know, having somebody in beside him with a bit of pace uh, mm. would, would really work. But I think with the system that we want to like, kind of hinting at that they want to do more attacking football. I think what we saw at the end of last season with Campania and Omar and Ruby back there who have a bit more pace about them and are a bit more comfortable on the ball. Like um like it, I mean it, I mean as in like being able to play it into the center and being able to take it back and you know like being able to start attacks themselves. Uh, whereas Peter's more of a, a a balls like he likes to do those like long diagonals like mm. kind of um to get things moving that way. And I don't think that's the style that we want to we want to bring this year. So you're right. I think I think that was inevitable that was going to happen. But it, it's still you know I, I still think that Peter has and Christian I guess has still like a lot to to offer. But Peter's nationality will probably go against him because are, are somebody going to take a punt on him? if he's taken up a um a, a foreign spot you know what i mean so i think the yeah. better for him his pr comes through um it's going to make his life a lot easier to be honest so it's on what you mentioned then about the ball playing side of it as well and i think this applies to both of them when when i saw that we'd announced that both goalkeepers were gone i, I watched um the final vaughn match of the season again because i just wanted to like kind of get an idea of what their goalkeeper was doing and from a from a building play perspective like what his role was in that it was a bit interesting actually I don't know this was just one match as a sample size so I don't know if it's accurate but he wasn't he would always defer to the center back so if he if he kind of had the ball in his hands after a corner whatever center back would tuck in really really close to him and he'd just like drop it in front of the center back yeah and the center back would build play literally from his six yard box that happened like four or five times and once or twice the keeper like went long so we need a pair of centre-backs and Omar and Campania fit that profile who are comfortable receiving the ball on their own six-yard box line and building from there. So I think, um, yeah, I think that's the profile of defender we're looking at. And Charlotte is a very, very good centre-back, but I'm not sure he's that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, as I said, like, they'll always be... Wonders legends because that first season they were kind of like we've had a lot of dark seasons here in Halifax and they were yeah. kind of like the bright sparks from from that um you know like a lot of these were kind of like um like rumors or it was kind of like news that was kind of floating around that was going to happen but you know like we've lost both goalkeepers which I think was probably a shock to to a lot of people that you know like bat like whereas Oxner obviously has been there since day one and um a lot of people and fought his way into the team and you know he's, he's uh, a local lad and same like Basque has kind of been a little bit 
on the same journey himself, like work himself in the team. But I, I think that um, his his ego has probably damaged him here because I think that he probably fit the system better than what Christian would, like of what they're trying to do here in Halifax. But I don't know whether they wanted to cope with his ego of, you know, if he wasn't going to be playing every game or if he sit on the bench and he seems to want to be a number one and whatever. But, you know, I, I don't think that he was ready to do that yet. And maybe like his, he needs to take a little step back himself and kind of work out, you know, like, was he 21, 22? Yeah, he's still very young. Which still is very, very young. young for a, like it's a cliche, but it's very young for a goalkeeper. Um, so yeah, I'm just kind of, you know, like for himself, I think that he probably just needs to take a little step back and like, I, I, the talent's definitely there. He's, he is a really good goalkeeper, but, um, you know, I'm, it, I'm really interested to see where he ends up because I think like famously, like I've always, I've already said, always said on it, like, I have no idea really how to judge goalkeepers. It's just yeah. like, I know if I feel safe with a goalkeeper, if I don't feel safe, but I'm, I'm not a very good judge of how good a goalkeeper is. So with, with basket, I have absolutely no idea how good he is. I've got an idea of how good he thinks he is. And it would be interesting to see if other clubs in the league feel like he's as good as that or whether he goes, I don't know. Yeah. I've, I'm very curious yeah. to see where he ends up. Like I, I, you know, like uh, on his Instagram, I know that he was in Belgium and stuff like that. And I think he might have family over there or something. But you know, maybe like Europe is on his radar because like last season he had that spell Coventry, with, uh, wasn't with, with Coventry and and stuff like that. And there, there seems to be quite a quite a lot of uh, agents who have contacts in, in Europe that might be able to help him out there. And I think like I think being away from Halifax is probably a good thing for him. You know, just that like he doesn't because he's not. A local lad, and he's not feeling the pressure on himself that he has to be the the, the number one because you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so the, the, that those two the keepers, as I said, like I, I think it might come as a shock, but you know, um, I can see why both have been moved over. And we mentioned Peter, uh, we came on to, and I think another one that people were kind of a little bit shocked by was uh, Santos not not coming back because. Like, you know, he was really good when he's playing in, in, in beside Mateo. And, you know, like, I, I think that's a little bit of what I was kind of mentioned there that, you know, Mateo had a bit of pace about him, whereas Santos is a, a little bit on the, the slower side, I guess. But I think that the two of them complemented each other really well. And I thought they, and then once Mateo left, Santos struggled to get back into the team because he didn't seem to gel with the other defenders as much. So I can see why, because I, I feel like he's also in the same boat as peter a little bit you know like i i never like although he's brazilian and all that kind of stuff i he never seemed to be that comfortable when he was on the ball like I, 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 some of his passing decisions were always a little bit suspect um so he, yeah he's he's one of only i'd say out of out of all of the announcements there's been 22 23 we know about he's one of about three potentially four who are slightly contentious yeah um per- personally i I'm not, I, I, I was never massive on him. I think at the beginning of the season, I tricked myself a little bit into like, because I wanted to think he was good. I kind of talked myself into it. But as the season went on, I'm, I was just never, I was never hugely convinced by him. Like there was nothing terribly wrong about the way he played, but there was just something about him. He was a little bit like bottom heavy. I always thought like the way he, he had like a bit of a shuffly running style and I never felt like his his kind of like sideways movement and his bend like his twistiness was very good yeah. for a center back like he couldn't like he couldn't turn quick enough and that that's just kind of his physiology the way he's built it, he didn't have like malleable hips um so I never I never warmed to him too much and I remember 
I don't know if you remember this. I can't remember what game it was, but him and he was giving Dorado a bit on the touchline once. Yes, yes, I remember that. that and was, that I remember was watching, away game, wasn't it? Yeah, I remember watching that, thinking like, just put keep that shit in the changing room because the optics of something like that, when we were on a bit of a bad run, and he's seen like going off, going off at the assistant coach on the touchline, and yeah, I I didn't like that, and like fight again, fine player, he's okay, but he's mid to like mid 20s he's an international i i completely agree with letting him go but i know that people are a bit more down the middle with him yeah like a lot of people like um a lot of people really liked him and, and as i said like i mean as a utility player you know like he could like he could come into center half and he played like left back i, I just never convinced him of being a left back i think that he, he like his mm-hmm. mind is like a center half but um i yeah, I, I never fully. I'm the same as you. Like I never fully like trusted him. I guess you know what I mean. Like just kind of, you always felt like there was a kind of a, a calamity waiting to happen in there. Sometimes I, I, I don't know. Just and I think I think everybody else around you feeds off that too. You know, like the the goalkeeper and your mm. your wing backs kind of feed off that notion that maybe like he doesn't he doesn't seem as comfortable as he should be. But um, yeah, it's I can see why you know as you mentioned like mid twenties an international spot. And I think that's where. The club are starting to to kind of figure out that you know like these international spots are actually pretty uh important and we need to make sure that we have the right the right spots in there and i think that we kind of maybe have wasted them a little bit over over time and uh you know we've kind of freed up most of them i think rampersat's is rampersat the only no uh, rampersat and fumper that's yes. something i wanted to chat about actually and get your thoughts on because so we've got five international spots now and i'm I'm thinking about those spots and wondering if we're going to use them all because if I look at our like the recruitment side of the club now, we've got a coach who knows like the Ontario football scene and the the Youth Canada football scene really well. Whereas before we had a coach who I don't well, I don't think his international contacts are incredible, but he certainly in in the Caribbean he had good contacts bringing like your Rampasads and your Garcias in, and now having a coach whose focus is more on like. NCAA players or League One Ontario or the Canada youth system, I think the focus will be more on domestic players. I mean, I hope I hope and I'm sure there will be like at least like three or four internationals come in. And I like that because that's like I just find them the most exciting signings, getting like a random Brazilian like Morelli in. But yeah, I wonder I wonder how much of a focus will be on international as opposed to domestic. I I think they have I think they have to have a mixture because um I think Don Belgium actually made a really good point. Um, he he posted about his thoughts on the manager, but I thought he made a really good point actually that he said that, um, you know we brought we brought Patrice in because of his knowledge of League One and stuff like that. But then he's like, there's already a bunch of teams in there that like already know who the best players are and already have like a kind of a a filter into their clubs. So how much talent is actually still left in in League One? Uh, and you know I, I know that. Um, Patrice had mentioned at the press conference that there was like 30, 30 guys he, he can think of that would like fit into the CPL but I, I definitely think that we need to have a mixture uh, I think we definitely need to but it's such, it's such a fine balancing act because like for every Fumpa or Rampersat you know you get like like terrible players you know what I mean like so mm. like, so it's definitely oh. a, I, I think we need to be I, I think I think we mightn't use them all at the beginning, but like you know, I I just wonder how Matt Egan's international contacts list is getting. You know what I mean? Because like obviously he plucked Fumper from somewhere, and you know he's trying to be 
like a really good player. So you know, like you, you kind of hope that his contacts are getting better and that are, the 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 level of internationals we bring in might get a little bit higher. So. I mean, that's not so much contacts as well, though, because remember how we got Morelli. That was from using a scouting database, which all the clubs use now. I don't I think I think contact can only get you so far. And I think the days of like 20, 30 years ago when it was all contact based is dead because now there's a like a vast scouting network across global yeah. football. And you can find out about any player you, you like without having to know who their mum's vet is like. It's, it's a different it's a different game now. And. And the, the I, only, the, the, I still think though you need to have that like as you said like we're talking about emotion like when they mentioned emotional intelligence like databases mm. won't give you that and I think you yeah, need to that side of it I, th- I think yeah. that's kind of where your contacts do come in you know like it's like hey I'm, I've got my eye on this player his stats are amazing blah 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 but is he a dick <laughs> you know what I mean mm. like so it's kind of I, I, I still think you need to have that that little bit of you know like definitely it's not like where it was like we're Barry Fry and Harry Redknapp yeah. like finding random people. I, that, that's definitely dead in the water, but I still think you, you need to... Can you think of any club in the league that has a wide international contact book, though? Like, I think we were the only one who might have done with Stephen Hart, but, like, Tommy Wilden Jr. isn't fucking talking to Mexican agents and getting to know uh, his families. Angus, probably. He's, like, he's... Yeah, yeah, good got, point, yeah. He's got, he's yeah. got a vast uh, array of people in South America yeah. sending them terrible players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got contacts with... His contacts are grifters, aren't they? Yeah. Grifting around people. It's, it's, <laughs> some dude sent him a DM on Twitter or something, but, uh, yeah... <laughs> just like the last the last thing and all that and like and i actually i completely get donald's point there but my pushback on that would be um i don't think like the gap in ability between a league on ontario player and a cpl player is so vast where the yeah. talent pool has been tapped like i think the gap is so small that you can take a good a good league on ontario player and mold him into an excellent cpl player because it's not like the premier league where you're looking for kind of these players in the in in the Portuguese league or the Brazilian league where there's a vast gap in talent. So you have to only pick the cream of the crop. I think, yeah, you can find good players in, in those levels still. Good point. Um, So the next one then is uh, Obeng Tabby, who was, I, I think, I think he was, a, I think he was a result of being overhyped by the club, to be perfectly honest with you. I think that there's mm. so much pressure put on him. Um, from the way that they announced him like last year that he's this like amazing talent uh, and I think uh, we, we kind of talked about it before I just think that um he's somewhat away from being the finished article Um, so I, I, I saw that he was actually called up for the Canadian futsal team so you know, the, 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 the skill is obviously there because like I mean how many players do you hear of like in the, the, the CPL that have been part of the futsal team I think Babouli was and yeah, uh, Pharisee and uh, Abzi and stuff like that were all members of that. That's so. interesting because the the qualities you need for futsal are the qualities I would say which held him back. The fact that he didn't have a very good first touch and he wasn't good in small spaces. So that's really interesting that that's happened. Um, yeah, yeah, interested to see who so, found I, him and why. Yeah, I, I honestly think that um, you know we might see him back in the CPL. Because it, it has happened where players have kind of like drifted out and then drifted back in again. So I, I think we might see him again, maybe not in Halifax, but I think we might see him somewhere down the road playing for a CPL team. Because I, I mm. you know, I, I feel bad for him um, because of the hype and just because we had such a shit season last year that, you know, he just kind of was brought into Because there, there was so much pressure on whoever's going to be like a left back because we desperately needed one. 
And uh, he he was just, yeah uh, next season, mate. Yeah. Um. So so yeah. So uh, best of luck to him in the future. I I always found him to be like a really pleasant guy to talk to and stuff like that. So, um. Next, uh, probably some people are probably like a little bit kind of shocked by it. I I think most people like most people probably aren't. Uh, Alex Marshall. Um. He was kind of like a uh. Like there, there was flashes of like especially in the first year there was flashes of what he was capable of, but it looked like he never settled. He looked like he never knew, and this could have been a management thing. I really don't know. Like he never looked like he knew what he was supposed to be doing. He just always looked lost. Uh, but yeah, he was still getting called up by the Jamaican national team. It's it's so yeah. bizarre, you know. I was like he's sitting on the bench for a Canadian Premier League team and he's getting a call up to play against. Canada. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's play alongside, yeah. I I found him so frustrating because. He clearly had so much talent that he just couldn't. And I, 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 I never kind of bought into the thing that he wasn't trying. I think he was. I think he was trying. He just, it just didn't click with him in any way, despite being a very talented player. And yeah, he seemed to check out about halfway through last season. And he, yeah, he was. He was barely even getting on for the last ten minutes, was he? Which tells me he probably wasn't training very well. And so yeah, like no surprise there at all. Yeah, and, and he, yeah, as you mentioned, like even when he did come on, like he just looked like he, the game was passing boy, and you know, um, yeah, it's such a disappointment because he came in as well, like on, you know, uh, it's like, and uh, I remember people saying like, you know, the other oh, Marshall guy looks good after the Island games, but I know he had an injury at the end of it, and he went and he got surgery, but you know, like it shouldn't take you two years to recover from an injury, mm-hmm. so you know, um, I remember when he signed, I, I like messaged a couple of um, Jamaican football journalists just to like go what's he like i know that but most of them most you've, got, of them repl- you've got a good contact list don't you <laughs> jamaican journalists <laughs> most, most of them replied and but then they're all like yeah we're all finding it a bit weird why he signed for a club like this low down the football pyramid they couldn't really get their heads around it and like, i remember one of them saying to me like yeah he's been linked to liverpool and stuff. Oh, so i was thinking what the fuck have we got on our hands here <laughs> Um, but now I realise he's probably just got a really good agent. He's <laughs> yeah. good at like pumping balls into Jamaican press. Uh, There's not that... a fucking chance he plays for Liverpool. I know. I, I feel like maybe it's like a, a team in Liverpool, like Marine or something like that, that he was going to go to. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah. So you know, just just disappointing all around. Um, and then uh, more Sam. We hardly knew you. Uh, yeah. He just seemed to be always injured. He scored one goal, I think, for us, but he just, yeah, he's like kind of gangly, and I could see why we signed him because he was gangly and was it gave us a different option. But fuck me, like I, every week he just seemed to be like he was either on the bench, he was on the bench one week and then he'd be out for three, and then back mm. on the bench again. Like he just never had a. There was also something whether the lads were like picking on him and training or something i don't know but he just never seemed to be around so uh, yeah yeah I, I don't really know have much to add to him he he always felt like kind of like sticking a child's plaster on like a gushing <laughs> faucet like because like M- M- morelli had, morelli had got injured hadn't he and i think he was just an attempt at finding someone to fill the gap fill the goal scoring gap and like he had a pretty good pedigree, like USL scored in the USL, like had played at pretty Fury. high levels. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. he he just yeah he looked good in that in that away game against Pacific, but they all looked good in that game. Other than that, like yeah, and then average meme shrug, but yeah, I know it's it's kind of mean, but but like it is what it is. Um, and then the last one was um, Colin Gander uh, is re-entering the CPL U Sports draft. Excuse oh, me, mate. The the huskiness there. 
Yeah. So, um, sorry. No, mate, keep that in. Keep that in. Like you'll be you'll be getting fan mail with that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Brokiness. Um, <laughs> yeah, Colin Gander. I again, left back was such a problem spot for us. I, I thought he was largely pretty solid, but he he gave away quite a few penalties. Um, a lot of goals came in his zone as well. So, I if he if he was like depth like second or third choice depth, I wouldn't be opposed to bringing him back. And because he's still young, like give him yeah. another year of learning. And like, he was one of those who physically needed to develop a little bit. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't bring him back as a star. But depth, depth, he might be okay. So when he enters the, the U sports draft, that means that anybody can draft him, right? He's basically just does, yeah. in the city. So I, th- I, th- and, I think he'll definitely get picked up by somebody, whether, I don't know whether it's going to be us or not, but um, I definitely think that, um, there, there is enough there to work with, I think. Just on the left back as well, we talked about this on the pod last week about how within the way Vaughan played last season, the left back had a really interesting role where he wasn't only a left back, he was always so a central midfielder. <clears throat> so assuming assuming that's what Patrice wants to do again, like having kind of a dual role left back, Gander isn't that player. Tabby is not that player. Yeah, you know who you know who is that player though. It's Jeremy. Jeremy is that player. Shep pointed out to me when we were chatting about it, and I was like, "Fucking hell, he is, isn't he?" Like a left back who is also a centre midfielder and doing both of those roles at once. That is Jeremy. But I think the club wouldn't have been able to sell that to him. I think if the club said to him, "We see you as a as a left back, but you will you will kind of do central midfield stuff as well," he would have said no off the bat because he yeah. he was very adamant after his first season that he wouldn't play left back. So yeah. yeah, that's the thing. Like I remember in his first season he played left back quite a bit because that was a problem area for it. And I, I think the problem for him it like is that like obviously he's not blessed with a ton of pace. And uh, I think if you're gonna have a left back in the system that we had, you need to because we wanted our wing backs to mm. bomb forward like the that never suited them. So um so, yeah. not, and, and that's not so much what we're gonna be doing now either though. I mean just like really quickly on the, on the fullbacks, because I do think they are massively important to the way we're going to play next season. Like the the idea of the fullback is like when we were growing up, the fullback was the shittest player on the pitch, wasn't it? Yeah. You just shoved him at fullback. And I think that even at the top level, that ended up happening because you had players like Gary Neville playing fullback for the best team in the world. But now because the fullback was always a spare man, because normally they were one of the worst players, now the fullback is the playmaker because they are the spare man. So you need players there who can be like kind of deep line playmakers from from the wings and by tucking in as well. So that's the profile we need, not bombing up and down. So it sounds like I know you kind of mentioned this like the last time. So I think that maybe we might see Vaughn's uh, left back in Halifax uh, if he knows the system and he's able to play the, the system well. So. You know, Maybe, hopefully, yeah. yeah. Right, right, I looked up his name after the podcast. Riley Ferrazzo, his name is. Um, okay. Really good player. He he was in the TFC Academy for a while, so he's got that professional grounding, which I always like because it just shows a certain technical level. And, yeah, hopefully, I, I don't know. I think he's 22, 23 as well, so he's a good age profile. Nice. Um, so I'd, I'd like to see him come in, but, yeah, I'd, I'd, watch, we'll see. Watch this space. So um, the, the the last kind of ones uh, was uh, Polisi and Corey Bent. Uh, Polisi, I, I always felt like he was always like a, just a, a spare man who uh, was just brought, like he, he's a typical guy you'd bring in to shore up a game kind of thing. You know, he's kind of like throw a tackle around and, and stuff like that. But um, 
we were always kind of had too many players in that position, I think, in, in on the team, and he was always kind of like left out. And I, I, I think moving forward, like he just doesn't have the the qualities to control a game the way that Rampersa has mm-hmm. and and stuff for like that. So, yeah, it's great guy though. You know, like I mean, like amazing hair. Um, yeah, yeah. There was a couple like, of games when he, he was really good. Like I mean, he he played really well, and then there was a couple of other games when it just seemed to pass him boy. So, um, yeah. I yeah, I was, I was, I was never huge. I like he's, he's fine. He'll be a good CPL player, but I, I don't think what he did with the ball was progressive enough for us, to be honest. So, again, wish him all the best, but I'm, I'm not too. And bothered. then, and then obviously, like Corey was a that, that's another one. That, like I feel for Corey, like when Rampersat got injured, like he was, I felt like he was one of the ones who stepped up and was actually like pushing us forward, and he kind of changed his uh, style of play a little bit, and then injuries just just caught him and mm. like he just became so inconsistent and he was getting thrown on in like so many weird situations that i felt really bad from like you know he's been thrown in at like right back and like left back as well yeah it was like just weird positions that like obviously isn't going to show a skill set and i think the, the club probably looked at his injury record and just went like you know it's another one of those that i think if he was a canadian he oh, might yeah. have been kept on for another year, but it's another international spot that we kind of have to 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 look after. So he, we'll always have that Montreal goal and that amazing free kick he, against Pacific. He scored the best <laughs> goal in the club's history. So yeah. I mean, you, that's a pretty good legacy to leave behind. And and a really nice guy. I always had time for people and all that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, we'll definitely miss him. But you know. Um, th- things move on. So, um, yeah. So that's pretty much like everybody. Like there was a couple of lads from the developmental squad that, like I, I wouldn't know anything about them to be perfectly honest. So, um, and then we announced a couple of uh, extensions today, where, um, Fernandez assigned through to twenty twenty four. uh has a club option for twenty twenty five. As does uh, Timoteo, who I know you're pretty excited to see in, in Halifax mm. Colors. So, uh, yeah, I'm. I wonder what's happened to. Didn't we have like three players on loan at uh, Edmonton, Edmonton last year? Yeah, I can't remember the name of the other two, but I remember they didn't play very much because we had an episode yeah. of this where C- we had C. a question. CJ Smith was one yeah. of them, and yeah. So uh, anyway, so Timoteo was the only one that yep. was ever going to come back. Really, really excited about him because. He again, he can play. He's a multi-positional player. Um, incredibly good technical level. He takes set pieces as well, and I don't think we've had a good set piece taker for a long time. So yep. to have him on free kicks and corners will be massive. His delivery is superb as well. Like he's got the way he shapes his ankle when he when he like strikes the ball is like he puts like a lovely bit of curve on it. Um, so yeah, I'm really really excited about him being with so, us next season. So how much of your time do you spend looking at footballers' hips and ankles? It's too much, <laughs> mate. Too much. You know, you know what's like that. But I remember like I'd never even thought about it before, and I remember Arsene Wenger talking about Zinedine Zidane once, and like he just went off on one about his bendy ankles, and like he seemed to be saying like the only reason Zidane was not the only reason, but like his biggest attribute was that he had bendy ankles. And I like, watched it down afterwards and I was like, fucking hell, he does, doesn't he? Like, he's got like weird, like little floppy feet. And that's why he can like do all this stuff. And after that, I just started like staring at their bodies and how they moved. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah. So, um, he's got, yeah. He's got lovely, lovely, yeah. strong thighs. <laughs> so, um, the, the, just, just last point on that, actually. Like, so it's going to be an interesting couple of months with 
the amount of signs we have. Like it was eleven players signed in, so mm. we're gonna have quite a few Wanderers Wednesdays, I think. But um, so we were thinking about for our last hurrah of twenty twenty two of doing like a, a show where we'd uh, invite. Uh, or some people would volunteer, I guess would be a better way to uh, to come on the show and hang out with us and we have a couple of beers and just talk about um, where the club has been, where the club is going to go and get their thoughts on. Because it's one thing me and you talking about, and I know that we do the mailbag, but it'd be kind of nice for people to um, to come on and uh, give their thoughts. So we're thinking about doing that. Was it the 19th or the 20th? Yeah, I think, I think so, because people are busy on the weekends, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So if we can do it then the down the pub Christmas party. So I think, yeah, from a format perspective, we could like do what we're doing now, but also have like four or five people who want to come on and just chat about the club, join us, have a few beers or fizzy waters while we're doing it. Maybe do some trivia or something like that as well. I could do like a wondrous trivia game um, just to see in the new year. Yeah. So seeing um... seeing Christmas. Sorry. So yeah, so uh, if you're interested uh, in, in doing that, like uh, come uh, to come on the show and hang out with me and Gary, uh, reach out to us on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, just send us a DM, and uh, we'll we'd love to have you on just to kind of get your thoughts and stuff for that. Because you know, uh, obviously the club did the live show with us, and me and you got to ask questions, and we tried to field people's questions from the audience, but it's not the same as people giving their opinions. So it's, I think it's kind of yeah. worthwhile for everybody to know the kind of mood of where, where things are. Cause um, yeah, I, I don't always think we have to, our finger on the pulse and how you sit up and the nosebleeds <laughs> and I'm usually like drunk or something at the game. So um, I, I did want to just quickly before we go, Gary, sorry, uh, the mailbag, there was a couple of questions. So yeah. Um, Anthony Germana had asked you uh, now that we have international spots opened up, which positions would you prior prioritize to use them on? Would you use one to get a keeper? Yeah, I thought that's a really good question. And it's something I've, I've thought about a lot actually, whether we, because I, I feel like can, and maybe I'm massively stereotyping here, but I feel like Canadian goalkeepers are like shot stoppers and really good with their hands, whereas European goalkeepers would have played on pitch for a lot of their youth career as well. So they tend to be really good with the ball at their feet. So if we can like if we can have a goalkeeper who can start to build attacks, then brilliant. And I think you're more likely to get that that out of an international spot. Uh, next question is from uh, Hamra Sparks. Um, our one fours listener that we've created Ooh. a whole corner for um <laughs> but uh in, in a brief in a, uh, he's obviously like a little upset about bobby maybe going to montreal mm. uh how prepared are halifax fans for the roller coaster of losing big while playing beautifully ugly but close can be hard to shake always uh in until the end so uh, you you had kind of mentioned that you, you thought that we'd probably have a couple of canines just by the way we're going to be set up so how prepared do you think the fans are for that um, I think the fans in the stadium will be very prepared for it. I feel like there's a a portion of online fans who would re- probably react very, very badly to losing four or five nil every now and then. But I mean, if 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 the trade off for that is attacking exciting football, then over the over the course of the season, I think people will be happy to see that. Um, but then the question is, and this is a wider conversation, like f- from Patrice's perspective, can he go from being the coach of the team that is the protagonist in League One Ontario to building the same style here. And that's that's the most fascinating part of all of this, how that how he how he does with that. Yeah, I'm I'm 100 percent on board of like where this is gonna go. I think it's gonna be a fun year. Um but the thing is though, like if 
I don't think I mind. Like last year when we lost to Forge, like we got hammered and all that kind of stuff. I, I really felt like that. Like it felt like we were going nowhere. Um, whereas I think that if if we win one game, four two, and then we lose the next one four nil, I, I feel it's all going to be part of finding the rhythm. And yeah. so I'm I'm more prepared to forgive getting a hammer next year than what it was this year. Whereas it just felt like we were just rudderless. So yeah, um, yeah. So um, every Hornbeck had asked there, where will Shalas live, laugh, love, journey, lead him in the end? <laughs> um, I, I can I can see him at Cavalry, or I can see him at I don't think Ottawa, not with a Spanish coach. I think he he feels like a bit of a Tommy Wilden Junior player to me. Yep. So I I wouldn't be at all surprised if he ends up at Cavalry, and I'm sure he'd do really well there. Me too. I th- I think uh, that would be a good fit for him to be honest, because like Mason Trafford is kind of getting on there in 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 the year so i think peter would be a good like backup to him um and i think uh, he's the kind of personality tommy likes as well so double and they both have the the ponytail so true yeah they can yep. talk about that uh of our remaining squad only five have spent more than a year together and there aren't a lot of classic pairings in that this is from denton by the way sorry for which two positions do you think it's most important to have two players which are best friends and good teammates so i think i've it is such a denting question, but I do yeah. think there's like a huge amount of truth in that as well, where football is all about partnerships, isn't it? Like on yep. the pitch, like your your left winger and your left eight and your forward, like spend a lot of time together, ditto on the right side. Because I mean, what, what every coach is always hammering home about keeping possession is triangles. Like you should always have two passing options every time you've got the ball and you get that by forming triangles. So to kind of make that, an automatic movement players need partnerships and players need to know each other so yeah there'll absolutely be a few teething problems at the start because that's what happens when there's so much turnover but hopefully if there's some sort of consistency with the starting lineup and training's good then those partnerships will build pretty quickly i i I really think that um center halves and center mids is the they're the ones that really need to be like on the same level and i think last year we had that some up with uh Rampersat and Jeremy, they were like really well, but they're almost too good because they're both pretty similar and uh, like would a lot of times take up the, the same position in their heads. Um, but I think the, the good thing is, is that uh, Campania and Omar had a good run of games together. Um, and I think that partnership looks really, really well. And even when Omar pushed into uh center mid and Ruby came in and sat in alongside Campania, like they worked really well too. So I think there's already a kind of like good vibe in in the fence, which I think is really important. So I think um yeah I think you're right though. Like we haven't such a big turnover in the squad, um there will be teething problems like in terms of like you know you're going to expect a player to go here and they're not going to do it because they play a different way. So yeah, I I think we're going to see that, and I, I I just think that this first year we need to give Patrice the same um the same uh like kind of. Yeah, the way that we did with Stephen in year one, I think that we, like this is it's basically like starting from scratch, pretty much. Yes, we, we've only got eleven players, so yeah. Um, um, what are some of the realistic? This is from all those who wander. What are some of the realistic off-season targets to fill out the roster? Will we be better off than last year? Um, like we we kind of touched on this last week in terms of positional needs, but I also think a part of this is from an age range perspective, the kind of player we need, and it's kind of. There's two, there's two ways of thinking about this. Number one is, so the average age of the squad now is, I think, about 
22 and a half. And so you need to add experience into that mix. You need to add players who have been around the block and can kind of, like you can't just have Rampy as the experienced player. You need more than that. So in one sense, we need to add a bit of experience, someone in that like 25 to 30 bracket, but 25 to 30 bracket with a few miles under the belt as well, who can actually add that. But I also think like the average age is 22, which which means we're young, but we don't have any under 21 players left. So we need to be bringing in, like we got lucky last season because Fernandez basically earned all our 21 minutes on his own. He's not 21. He's not an under 21 player anymore. Um, so we need to add like a few under 21 players who will, who are good enough, like who aren't just developmental players who are good enough to get minutes. I think that needs to be a priority too. I I would like to see us this time, um, kind of like what we did when we brought in uh, uh, LBG in 2020, is to like do what whoever's whoever's taken Jeremy and like Pierre gone to Pacific is like you know those those players that are coming to the end of a contract, being brave enough and um, like taking established players from. Uh, teams already in the CPL just to kind of add that experience because I, I think a lot of times we're expecting players to be able to make the jump up without actually knowing what they are whereas like players that have obviously played in the league we know what they're capable of in it mm. so I, I would like to see is like the way you know Sissoko went to um, oh God, yeah. no. what, I, I know I know he's I know, the I know. perfect player anyway yeah but that's what I mean. It's like I would like to see us like take one or two players like that, whereas like they come towards the end of their contract or free agents and haven't been signed by their club yet, and just mm. switch them to Halifax. Um, I I think that's it. Was there anybody else? Um, oh yeah. So Wanderer Dave, who made us all cry last week. Um, big biggest surprise not on the list. Anybody, anyone you would have one hundred percent wanted to keep. I guess Universal will be Jeremy on that, right? Um, yeah, there's there's no one else. I, I could yep. be convinced. I could be convinced on maybe one or two of them, um, but m- most of them I feel quite adamant that I think it's the right decision. For most yeah, and then um, yeah, and somebody else had asked uh, any cuts seem premature, so it's pretty much the same answer. Like I don't think uh, any of them are like you know, um, yeah, like like here's the thing. Before we we finish up, somebody made a really good point on. I think it was on the Halifax. The discussion board over that is that this team were awful last year. Like we finished second last, you know, we didn't score any goal. We had very scored any goals. We got a couple of pastings and we were awful to watch. So, you know, it, it is sad that we're seeing like players like leave, but at the same time, we have to realize that they weren't good enough or the squad wasn't good enough or the manager wasn't good enough, whatever. But something has to change because if you want to progress and we want to bring in that winning culture like we had to do something so you know like although i'm sad to see a lot of these people going because they were great ambassadors for the club really nice people to talk to i can see why it needed to be done and you know i think that sometimes it's good to just make a a clean sweep and just move on and i think as fans you know we're, we're allowed to um feel sad at the fact that we're losing people that we're used to seeing on a Saturday. But at the same time, you know, we kind of need to as well realize that this is the way that professional sports work. And um, like, I want to see nice football in Halifax next year, you know, Definitely, and, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's the, the nature of a club of this size is that we're still kind of close enough to the players where a lot of the fans build 
relationships with those players even if it's just having a quick chat after the game as they go around signing autographs and it becomes really difficult to separate that from the correct sporting decision so yeah completely get that emotional response to a lot of the players that have left and the sadness and I feel it too but I think when you're making these sorts of decisions you you do need to leave sentimentality at the door and what's best for the team and like and also understanding just because a player isn't the right fit right now is doesn't mean they're not a really good player player. who's going to who's going to do well elsewhere like it's not it's not kind of a referendum on their ability it's just saying the direction of the club is going isn't the same direction as that player and in fairness they kind of mentioned that quite a few like a couple of times in the press release that you know like uh, the the vision for the future or whatever the fuck terms to you. So yeah, Gary. So uh, that's awesome, man. Thanks a mil. Um, so anybody, if you want to come on at uh, the Christmas party for down the pub, uh, reach out to us, let us know. And we'd love to, we're just going to do it over zoom, just record it. And uh, yeah, it should be a good time. We're going to cap it. Um, I, I, do you honestly think we're going to get tons of people? Uh, like, you know, I, I was thinking maybe like five, to like, Five to ten, I'd, maybe? Say, I'd say five because five? like you want everyone yeah. to be able to have their say and say what okay. they want. So yeah, if there's five, ten, you'll five, yeah. five people. Um, yeah. So it was the first five, then so be it. Um, so Willy Wonka's golden ticket to the exactly. five. Who's exactly. gonna get it? <laughs> so do I now have to go and find that song and edit it into the podcast? <laughs> Thank Gary. Because I've got a golden ticket. I've got a golden twinkle in my eye. All right, man. <laughs> Thanks, Cheers, you mate. Bye. Thanks, you Bye. Folks, please. Wait for please. Time to drink on folks, get out. I'm too far.